What's up, YouTube? Hello, everybody. It is May the 19th, 2019. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. Are we in for an absolute treat today? My goodness, let me turn this on and mute it so that way I can see what's going on. Make sure my, my stream is actually working. And then on this window, I got my chat going over. Yo, what is everybody doing? Y'all, it is time. It is time for the weekly lawn and garden show. Super fired up. I want to thank each and every one of you for being here tonight. It means a lot to me. It really does. In fact, I look forward to this all week. There's lots of things that I can say that I do day in and day out that make me a little bit nervous, but this is one of them that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. And I'll tell you why I thoroughly enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoy it because all of you are here. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, there's lots of things in my life I never would have been able to accomplish without YouTube. And, uh, and so here it is. And yes, I did get a haircut. You can, a uh, big shout out to my wife, Miss Asami, for taking care of my hair and, uh, keeping me not looking like I live on the streets, which I get quite often that actually I do look a little bit like I live on the streets. All right, everybody. That's going to be it pretty much for the opener line here. I can't really think of anything else I need to get out there. So we're going to move on to the next segment of the show called the Roll Call. So real quick, we're going to hop over here to the chat and say, give everybody a big what's happening and uh, all that fun stuff. Let me open this up in this window right here. So that way I'll get a little bit better going on. What's that? Somebody see if we got anybody tuning in here. We got... We got some people starting to jump in, starting to jump in on this stream. So I'm going to hop on over here and see. But look, the original first we had was John Pinkerton. This is about 30 minutes prior to the show. We had a first from who is the one John Pinkerton. And for those of you that don't know John Pinkerton, let me tell you a little bit about John Pinkerton. I'm throwing a link out in the chat. If you ever need to say sorry, you could do it with that one cupcake place. If you ever need to say thank you, you can do it with that one cupcake place. If you ever need to tell your significant other, baby, I love you, you could do that with that one cupcake place. Everybody go show some love to that one cupcake place. And John Pinkerton and his lovely wife, Teresa, they're the two most amazing people on earth. Show some local support over there to Hiawatha, Iowa. Now let's continue with the roll call here. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm clicking all over the place tonight. I got two screens going and I'm just clicking all over. Woo, Telly Coleman in here. Brian Jones can't make it. Hey, welcome back from uh, the beautiful land of what is known as Scotland. I hope you had a really good time, you and your wife. I loved the pictures. I've never been uh, to that part of Europe. I would love to go sometime. I would say it's a lot of fun. Let's see who we got the lawn fix in here. That's what he's doing. He's scratching it. He's itching. He's I'm jonesing. I need my lawn fix. Here we are on Sunday night. If I sound terrible, I apologize in advance. I'm dealing with a sinus infection and I just can't shake it. It's been seven days now and I still sound terrible. I don't feel great either. 
Eric Von Waddell is here. RVA Lawn Love, what is going on, sir? Ken Titus Frez, yes! Ain't no no pessimism in here, Frez. Yes, Lawn Dude. Adam Miller, Chris Robbins, JTLK, Jake the Lawn Kid. What's up? Tell the old silverback I said, hey. We got Richard Bryan in the show. Mr. Miller. Matt Anderson, what is going on all the way down there in Louisiana? Steve Wright. Velvet Hammer dropping the hammer. Pop music is in here. Ray the Green Dog is here. We got Chris Bois, also known as the Vault. High voltage Chris Bois. We got Nicholas Jasmine. How are you? Mr. Wagner all the way from down in Austin, Texas. I'm just kidding. His name is Austin Wagner, so I'm just going to assume he's from Austin, Texas, because they would be Austin from Austin. The Lawn Care Addicts all the way from the Big AZ. What's going on, sir? Jeremy Swat. What? Watkins, Joey McDaniel, Thomas Jones, what's going on, sir? Uh, Mr. Coleman is here, Brian Morales, Pickleball, that's what I'm talking about, Paramus, New Jersey, and the Yowls. Man, look at all these names, St. Louis Long Guru, John Kane the Third, Tony Davis, Lushy, C.D. Andrews! Marco Guerrero, man, look at all these people in here. I even see names I don't normally see. Glenn Stevens all the way up there in upstate New York. My goodness, Jim King, Chris Lucky, TJO, Gene McGillanick, Miglionico, Miglionico. That is, that's Italian. I'm going to guess that's Italian. That's more Italian than I have in me right there, Mr. Gene. Silver symbol in the show. The nicest man in lawn care, Mr. Gibson, Chase Gibson, T. Winnings. Good, good, good. <coughs> Excuse me. I had a cough. <laughs> so, anyway. <coughs> I'm sorry. Like I said, still dealing with the uh, uh, the remnants of the sinus infection. So, for those of you that are tuning in, I will give you a little bit of insight on how this works. This is a question and answer format. You ask the questions in the chat, and I will do my best to provide answers. The topics I like to stay on point with is, uh, thank you, ba thank you, baby. The topics I like to t stay on point with is um, uh, turf grass management. That's my background, and spent ten years as a lawn care operator, and uh, a little bit of time on some golf course, and uh, now I am somehow segued into fertilizer manufacturing. Crazy world we live in. So. <laughs> When it comes to answering questions, uh, I tend to stay around the plant science sphere. Uh, if we do want to talk about uh, plants, we can talk about perennials, woody plants, and annuals if need be. I will warn you, though, that I do not know a ton about them. Uh, my knowledge tends to be a little higher on the turf management side of things. So with that, we're going to open the floor up, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit how this goes. Please go ahead and begin... Uh, Go ahead and begin asking your question, Chris. No, that's not. Malonico. Malonico. <laughs> Got it now. Uh, go ahead and begin asking your questions over in the chat so we can cue them up and start getting them down. What's going on, Mr. Poole in the show? 901, baby. I saw there was one question that came in about... 
Uh, let's see here. Can the next product survive freezing in my garage through a Minnesota winter? I have no idea, Ryan. Uh, as long as it doesn't rupture, I think you're going to be fine. Uh, I don't, I, there's not really anything in that that, uh, could be, it's not like a chemical that's going to degrade by separating. Uh, so it may come out of solution. It may have a hard time going back into solution with some of the things that contain micronutrients and stuff, but you know, just, yeah, yeah, but a bit of, but a bit of. You should be all right. Uh, Matt, I too have started a business and it ain't nothing simple, easy, or fits the idea of your plan. Keep pushing, modifying, and talking through the difficulties of the plan. Jeremy, I really appreciate that because I will say this. If it wasn't for, uh, if it wasn't for the team we have and specifically John Borden, I mean, you know, and, and and not even that. I mean, people from the, even the chat here, Chris Chris Voix has been helping us un, un, an unbelievable amount. I mean, uh, tons of people. G Man has helped. Uh, future former lawn noob has been a big help. It's it's amazing the amount of support I've got from the from the community as well. It's just it's so it's so awesome. It is so awesome. Hi Matt, Poetry Alice is going crazy this year. I live in Massachusetts. A lot of rain coming coming down, cutting it two and a half inches. Any suggestions? Rogerio Sores, I do not have any uh, answers for you. So uh, this is one thing that we saw that um, it was on the Acclaim label. So uh, Poet Trivialis is on the Acclaim label. However, Acclaim is not really effective in controlling it. In fact, it might be considered a very mild suppression. So if you want to put something into a program, you may want to try Acclaim in combination with other kickers, like Acclaim plus Tenacity plus Sulfentrazone. May be like your best bet. May require multiple applications. I'm, I'm not telling you that's going to control the Poet Trivialis, but what I am saying is that it's along that line of thinking that you're using three products that do ding it. Maybe the combination of the three of those will give you that kill that you're looking for. I don't know. That's a total experiment because there's nothing left on the on the market except exonerate exonerate that is labeled to control Poe Trivialis. And from what I understand and from my experience, exonerate is not potent enough on its own to take it out by itself. Typically, you need an additional kicker like Quicksilver and something else. You it just it needs more. Poe Trivialis is extremely difficult to kill. So. There you go. That's my answer. How about that for nice and easy? T winnings. I'm so glad the Bermuda is looking good. You know, it's. I'll go ahead and I'll get this out of the way first. Uh, a big thank you to everybody for that that has chosen to use Carbon X as their fertilizer. To get to this point, it's just really shocking. Um, we never intended to get here this quickly. I guess um, it was you know very last minute that we decided to scale up the size of the plant that we did. And, uh, and so, you know, to see everybody doing this is just in, and using it is, is fantastic. And I really hope you're getting, you're getting great results. Um, you know, I, I'm sure y'all have all seen, uh, Alan's, uh, video there and that looked, um, uh, that, that looked great. And then, uh, you know, the pro guys that have been using it for now, we've been getting tons of, uh, positive feedback there. So we are, Man, we're super, we're super excited, and uh, I hope I hope y'all are enjoying it just as much as we are. Uh, let's see here. Any worries regarding using hay agfur in my lawn? It's marketed for Bermuda uh, for Bermuda hay. 
Uh, no, AB guy, you're fine. As long as it has the analysis that you're looking for, uh, it's perfectly okay to use. There's no difference between an ag grade and, well, I mean, between an ag vert and a turf vert other than uh, maybe particle size, uh, particle size distribution, um, and overall like cleanliness of it. So typically some ag verts you may not get in round uh, spherical prills. It may be more like square blocks uh that are that are in there so uh but no as long as the analysis what you're looking for that's what's most important is your analysis and uh composition of your analysis Woo! starting to feel good uh sunflowers require how much water in arizona that's a good question i don't know i would say it's quite a bit the lawn stripes in the house terry finch <coughs> miscalculating threw down two and a half pounds of in on 400 square feet uh, just water the crap out of it. Yeah. And Terry, while that sounds crazy, you know, you're probably going to be okay, but yes, dial the water up on it. Uh, you know, maybe water it every day for like a week or so, something like that. Make sure you drive it down. You should be able to leach some of that nitrate out. It also depends on what was your nitrogen source. What was your nitrogen source? You know, you applied in, was it from urea? Was it from ammonium sulfate? Was it polycoated urea? Was it methylene urea? Uh, what was it? Part one, I'm going on vacation for a week. I have tall fescue in Georgia, and we are getting no rain and a heat wave while I'm gone. I have irrigation, but only able to water one time out of my plan is to water every day in the middle of the hot day to cool off my lawn and also give it some water. Is this a good plan? Uh, lawn fix, yeah, you can you can syringe it. Um, and, you know, that was where you would, but but don't confuse syringing with actually watering your grass. Watering your grass is irrigating to allow the grass to continue to grow and flourish and function as a plant. Syringing in the middle of the day is purely a cooling effect. So you may water, you know, five minutes at a time, you know, uh, just in the, in the middle of the day to cool it. So that's, that's all that is. That's all that that does. It is not actually supplying enough water for your root system for that plant to continue to do okay. Um, what do I do as organic for moss? Uh, copper sulfate, gene copper sulfate. Uh, or should I water longer, infrequent, and in the morning and not worry about the heat stress? I'm also putting down a fungicide before I leave. Yeah, if you get a fungicide down, I would just uh, water at, at, at night. Uh, at night. Uh, you know, the wee hours of the morning leading into daylight. I'm just saying if the sun's down, I'm calling it night. Uh, but the wee hours of the morning into daylight. I would water then. Uh, and especially if you got a fungicide down and I would not worry about the heat stress until it really starts to show. What's the deal with the supply of carbon X and when can we expect to have a FERDAP coming up? <coughs> here's, here's what we did, Sean. Um, we were having trouble with consistency with one of our nitrogen sources that we use. So our, the, the white pearls in our bag, we import that product out of Europe and <coughs> you know, they, don't just have an unlimited supply in the United States that, that we can just go, you know, pick up down at the, at the store and, and mix it in. Right. So what we do is we actually have to sign a contract to say that, you know, we're willing to use X number of tons throughout the course of the year. And then they, they allot that amount of material to us. Well, the problem is, is that we were getting very inconsistent, uh, uh product where, uh, one time it may arrive and it's soaking wet. The other time it may arrive and there's lots of big clumps in it. And, you know, we'd pay to have it screened. And the screening, the screened out material uh, was just as bad as it was unscreened. So 
what we did was we had to go back and forth really quickly to try and figure out how to handle this nitrogen situation. And we came up with a workaround um, uh, to be able to continue to use this particular nitrogen source because that's the one we want to use. So uh, in the meantime, we were also doing another product launch. So we were launching the 818 to the pro market. And, uh, and so um, anyway, it's just balancing that. I will tell you this, that you know we are in the process of scaling again. We're going to scale already uh, just a, a little bit bigger and um and so we we've got all of that going into work but uh with that is going to bring out new employees so you know we're having to hire an hr staff and all that fun stuff that goes along with it so um we're, we're getting there and you know right now it's still two of us that handle the day-to-day -day ongoings of the company uh and then you know we have the guys actually in kentucky that work the plant so we're trying to do this as fast as we can, Sean, but um, this is a very big undertaking for two people. So bear with us. Um, you know, we're human. We we tried to have a somewhat of a normal family and somewhat of a normal life, uh, although we don't really have one yet. We just we keep telling our significant others, "Don't worry, baby. One day, one day, it'll it'll all be worth it." <laughs> okay, let's see here. We're gonna keep moving on. Look at that melon. That's what I'm talking about, Matt. Matt, short of cutting the seed heads off of Kentucky bluegrass, are there any products to reduce them so the lawn looks better? Would PGR help or just make it look worse for longer? John, there are some um, uh, PGRs that actually do just that. They uh, will cause seed head suppression. The timing of it is extremely difficult, so I don't want to paint the picture that it's easy to accomplish. It's not. Um, but... Yes, so pay attention to your labels of paclobutazol, paclo, and T-nex, and there should be a seed head suppression section of it. Um, and uh, But I still don't think that's going to be just perfect. If you're dealing with Kentucky bluegrass and you're tired of the seed heads, probably what I would recommend is going real low. Ooh. Adam, uh, is it too late to still try to seed Princess 77? No. Chris, the hotter it is outside, the higher the chance of success for seeding Bermuda grass. So typically what I like to do is wait until we're in temps of the 90s and 100s, uh, and then we go ahead and uh, put your seed down. So there you go. Uh, Adam Miller, I'm typically a guy that just throws her down over the years, but I'm looking at spoon feeding this year. Any recommendation on rates and how often with the Carbon X? Well, Carbon X is not going to be a spoon feeding. So it's going to be difficult to apply at a rate that would be considered a spoon feed rate. So that would be like one pound per thousand. It's just not a product that's designed to go down at one pound per thousand. It's designed to go down between two and four pounds per thousand. So um, <clears throat> there you go. Uh, in terms of spoon feeding, you know, typically you're going to want to apply like 0.1 pounds of N, maybe 0.2 pounds of N per application. And you would do that, you know, weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly, uh, depending on your rate and turf type. So kind of a vague general answer there. But uh, remember, you the whole key to spoon feeding is dialing your rates way low and dialing your frequency way up. Uh, would Bermuda grass grow through an erosion mat? Yes, Jake, we, um, back in... Uh, a couple of years ago, when I was on the uh, lawn care side of things, sorry, I tapped my mic. 
Uh, one thing we actually did was we would do uh, erosion control with the coconut fiber lined mat. So like the C350 style matting, if you're used to that kind of erosion matting. Um, and we would do um, fescue underneath because here in Knoxville, it's primarily a fescue market. But one thing we began experimenting with was putting down fescue and Bermuda grass in it. And then just putting down fescue and then seeding Bermuda on top of it. And they were all successful. So um, I encourage you to use Bermuda grass with your erosion mats because uh, it's self-repairing where something that's a bunch type grass like tall fescue is not self-repairing. Even in the event you use a rhizomatous tall fescue, you will get rhizomatous action the first year. You're not going to get it the second year. My front yard's a living proof of that. Um, I live in Connecticut. I'm trying to find a creeping fescue in bluegrass mix. I don't want any perennial ryegrass in the mix. Any specific suggestions on specific fescue I can use? No, smokestack, I do not have any because here's typically what I do is I will get onto the um, uh, NTEP trials, NTEP.org, and look for the um, highest ranking seeds based on the specifications I'm looking for. So, if, you know, like I like to look for seedling vigor, uh, turf quality, color, and disease resistance, and try and find a balance there. Then, once I find the particular variety I like, I find out who manufactures it or who grows it, and then talk to them and find out who distributes it. And typically, what you'll find is that you'll be able to find mixes from people from uh, from the growers. Um, that they put out in the distribution. Plus, you'll be able to find monoculture um, uh, single source seed varieties that they also put into distribution. And they should be able to point you to a seed distributor that will allow you to pick individual types if that's what you're looking to do. That's a vague answer because I, I would prefer to give you more data than just an easy answer. Two for one, any way to get zoysia out of fescue? What about zoysia out of Bermuda? Um, for zoysia out of, yeah, I would use Pilex. Um, there you go. Ah, look, Ray got in there. Ray said Pilex. Uh, sure. Oh yeah. I already answered that. <coughs> uh, I in the tsunami. <laughs> uh, let's see. Come with a large lawn. My lawn is going nuts. Excellent. 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 No hat. I know. I feel naked. Um, okay. Uh, we're getting enough about that. Chris Elms cameo for the win. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Silverback says, hello. That's what I'm talking about. Tell him I said, hey. Uh, what up? What's the best way to kill seed stealing ants from seed bed? Or should I not worry? Uh, barbecue freak shot? I don't know. I'm not sure I've ever seen a seed stealing ant. And if you do have that issue, you could, oh, the race says bifin. Yeah, you could do bifin. You could probably also do something like, uh, um, what is it? Seven was going to be another one I would recommend. I don't know about diatomaceous earth. That, that may, uh, that may or may not work. I don't know. Man, I live in Minnesota. I put down my pre-emergent 416. Soil temps are still below 55 degrees, but I was seeing crabgrass mowing. What gives? Is that possible or is there another weed similar? Just know, you did not see crabgrass then. Uh, it would be another similar weed. In fact, uh, at 55 degrees, the size of the crabgrass would be so minute, it would be almost impossible to see. It would be a seedling that would be about yay tall, and it would take a very trained eye 
to see that it was actually a monocot that was coming out of the ground. So uh, it's probably another weed similar. And if you're mowing and seeing it, then uh, it's going to be a cool season weed, whereas crabgrass is a warm season weed. It's going to be hard to say. Hair on fleet, that's what I'm saying. Will tenacity work as a pre-emergent for Poa annua? Um, probably not well, Jay Fireball. I would say uh, it would do okay, but it wouldn't be great. Um, look, serious Poa Triv in Connecticut. Woof. Hey, man, long-time viewer. Certainly not a first-time caller, but... <laughs> uh, Justin, man, if you're going to be here in Knoxville, I will tell you we do not have any here in Knoxville right now. Um, literally everything that comes out of our machine, as soon as it hits the floor, it's out the door. We have no inventory just sitting anywhere. Um, spray inside before outside. Oh, we're talking about how to use baffin and stuff. There you go. Matt, virtual HR is a dream come true. Yep, we may go that route, Chairman. I don't know. Um, let's see. You need new staff. <laughs> It would be a pretty cool opportunity for someone to be able to join Carbon Earth. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if, you, if you're if you interested in that type of situation, seriously, send me an email at thegrassfactor@gmail.com, and I can tell you a little bit about what we're doing. Um, getting hot in South Florida. What is a good height for cutting St. Augustine? Brian Morales, tall, baby. Three to four inches, somewhere like that. You need to turn on some LCN and watch him get it done. Because he does it right with his St. Augustine. It looks great. Um, is it counterproductive to use Carbon-X and T-Nex? No, that is actually the a great way to use it. Carbon-X and T-Nex would be a great combination application. Dr. Lee Butler from NC State says, The pics of the leaf spot I sent you is only saprophytic fungi. You agree, but today I see white cotton light spores on the lawn. Does this change anything? Uh, I don't know. I will have to go back and look at those pictures, Paul. I cannot remember them off the top of my head. Uh, what is going on, Trent? Hey, man, tell the tell the little one. I said, hey, I'm sure it just won't mean a whole lot with uh <laughs> with the newborn in your lap. But best wishes to you and your lovely wife for uh bringing another. Uh, beautiful little child into the world. That's what I'm talking about, Trent. Congratulations, man. Uh, Matt, would you say it's okay to put Carbon X down alongside RGS Humic 12 at the same time, or should it be spaced out for Zoysia? Uh, no, you can definitely put all those down at the same time. No problem. No problem there at all. <coughs> uh, what's up, bro? Just got in from working just checking in. I'm going to have to watch later. PPC, you get your rest on and then you can tune in later. Matt, what's the deal with your RTF? Not getting a little bit of spread promised anymore? I overseeded with some last fall. Matt, here's the deal. The first year, yeah, absolutely. It was flawless. Did great. Just fantastic. Um, and here's the deal. Second year, no, I'm not. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not getting the spread and I fully expected that. I went into that knowing year one, you know, you, you'd get that rhizome action year two, you wouldn't. And, uh, that's exactly what I've seen. Year two, definitely not getting it. Year one did great. Um, 
I did not overseed my, my yard last fall intentionally to watch what it would do, and it, and it didn't do it. Uh, let's see here. Matt, I'm getting ready to throw her down one more time for Memorial Day. There you go, sir. Food is our strength. There you go. Um, touch back on the RTF fescue in the front yard as only spreading the first year. There you go, Steve Darcy. That's it. Um, hi, Matt. I'm going to put down 1004 organic before Memorial Day. Can I also put down some liquid iron with it? Yes, you can, El Chapo. No problem there. Um, I have that. <laughs> I don't know, Gene. Well, good luck to you. Uh, Matt, if I overseeded Bermuda with Ryan in the fall, can I just mow it out in the spring? I had to cut it 1.75 inches, or do I need to spray it out with an herbicide? Jim, in my opinion and in my experience, this isn't everybody's experience, but this is my experience, I have to spray out the rye. One, do not use annual rye, use perennial rye. Two, spray it out in the spring. I've tried to mow it out, but you got to remember, perennial rye can take heights as low as a half inch or even lower uh gracefully you know so for instance on the football fields and and baseball fields and stuff you know we would mow that at a, at a half inch year round um so and you know there's times there's plenty of ride down there's times there's not plenty of ride down <coughs> they tried to burn it out with urea by applying a full pound of in every week to burn it out and it did not burn it out. It burned out about 60% of it. And that remaining 40% could just tolerate anything you could throw at it. Except when I threw Monument at it. Threw Monument at it, it smoked it out, and then we could start growing back in the Bermuda grass. So, in my opinion, you always have to spray it out. Man, I'm going out with round two. Thinking three-way with Clorac at a full rate with MSO. Should I use Max Ready the three-way or dial it back a bit? P.S. Where's my Bud Light? Let's <laughs> see. I do not have... Your Bud Light, it's, it's in the mail. Um, if you're going three-way with Quinn Chloride, yes, I would dial your three-way rate back. So I would probably bring that back to about one ounce per thousand, maybe 1.1 ounces per thousand, somewhere in there. Monitor your progress. If you need to take it up, take it up. If not, don't. Matt, I see many people pushing grub prevention. I have ripped out several hundred square feet of grass for landscaping beds and can count the number of grubs on one hand. Would prevention do anything? Um maybe probably not if you don't have the vegetation there to begin with then you're probably not going to be dealing with the populations yet um so it's one of those things where do you start doing preventative now in anticipation for what could potentially come or do you let it go for the next couple of years and monitor and see if you ever notice anything like increased pressure from japanese beetles or may uh, may beetles or june bugs um, in, in the event you see that, then yeah, go ahead and start your prevention. If not, you may not ever need to do it. So there were many years where I just did not even consider putting down grub prevention because it was never even necessary. So um, there you go. Matt, what are your recommendations for taking Dallas grass, Johnson grass, and zoysia out of a turf-type tall fescue rye mix lawn? Triple uh, H Huskers, I would use uh, Fluazifop, also known as over-the-top Ornamec. Uh, you could use Acclaim also. Um, for Dallas grass, you could use Fluazifop and Pilex, but Pilex is going to be the heavy lifter there. Fluazifop does do okay on Dallas grass. Um, it will require multiple applications, and it's not going to be just great. If you combine that with something like Pilex, it'll do very well. If you want to get zoysia out, you want to apply Pilex. Um, how does one maintain a peril, peril size? 
I watched PPC's video and he showed you made crazy strides to consistency in the second batch he exhibited. Um, there's lots of things. So really it's controlling the reuptake of moisture. And a lot of that has to do with how um, the time in the cooler and the time it spends in the heater. So uh, as it goes through the dryer, you need to make sure. Oh, but she stop it. Uh-uh. No, quit it. Stop it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really complicated, Jeremy. Um, but there are, um, it, 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 it has to do with the, yes, cooling it, getting it, getting it down to a certain temperature before it can go on to be bagged. Um, two is making sure you have the consistency with your, other inputs that you're going to be putting into it, right? So when you're dealing with fertilizer and fertilizer salts, uh, they're very hygroscopic. So what are things you can do to uh, cut down on that hygroscopicity? Um, or in the event it does, how do you wick that moisture away um, instead of passing it into the other material in the bag? So um, there's lots of different binders, drying agents and stuff that, that have to go into it. And, and right now, um, you know, we've been in R and D with it for quite a while. And I would say we still make changes with it every week. And, uh, but this latest change we've made, we were really, really happy with. So that's, uh, that's super exciting. Uh, <laughs> I do not need anything, Steve Williams. We are not donating to Matt. We are all good. We are all good. I have made it down all the way to the end of the chat. This is bizarre. I usually cannot make it all the way to the end. Maybe I didn't get thrown off on some crazy tirade or something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, stop it, John. I do not. I do not. Um, <laughs> it's getting hot in here. It is. So hot. Just for that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take, a big, take a big swig of my uh, blue water here. This is a... Uh, this is a disgusting, uh, sugar-free uh, vitamin mix or something. What's going on, Future Former? How are you good, sir? We were just talking about you earlier in the day. Glad you're here. Uh, Bert, we are probably not going to go public with it for a long time uh, because there's there's a, a lot to going public, and I will say that we do not have what it takes to get there. Uh, I lost the mixing for Roundup 73% for lawn and vegetation killer. Is it like three and a half ounces per gallon? Less than three? Um, you could probably just Google that, Gene. Um, I would say it is pretty easy to look up here. Um, but if you're talking about a 73% active ingredient, then it's definitely going to be less than three and a half ounces per gallon uh, for spot spraying around. Lushy, I don't need a new hat either. I got plenty of hats, sir. <coughs> my goodness that's right today is oh what are you doing to push your bermuda absolutely nothing i'm not pushing my bermuda at all right now rl the cabinet <clears throat> i'm mowing it three days a week but that's about it it's not irrigated so not really up for just pushing it and this being my first year <coughs> real mowing my backyard i do not want uh, to get myself into a pickle um, <laughs> that's right, John. 
I'm I'm not gonna lie. I may have had a Moscow Mule at one of my son's friend's birthday parties today. Just saying, just saying. Oh, uh, mm. yeah. You do not push real cut Bermuda. You know, I haven't even applied any. <laughs> Matt's whooping cough. I have. I haven't even. My my backyard is not regulated right now either. So it's just growing off. Uh, I guess it's been four weeks. Four weeks, I guess. Five weeks, four weeks since I applied carbon X to it, and um, I put it down at about three pounds per thousand. Then so, um, and that was mainly just to get it to green up because um, the first week of April we had another freeze. So. I needed to do a little something to get it going. I wanted it to green up as quickly as possible. And then I burned it off, too. So, there you go. Uh, I did not, Jake Malden. Uh, I, yes, I do think Princess 77 would grow through an erosion mat. I talked about growing Bermuda through an erosion mat. You'll have to go back and, and, uh, lis and listen to it. But just to kind of recap that, when we used to do erosion control, uh, if you've ever heard of the C350 erosion matting, um, that's the one that has the coconut fibers intertwined with it. We experimented with multiple different turf types going through it. And, uh, we had good success with, uh, Bermuda grass going underneath and also on top of the erosion mat, assuming you could get it worked in or watered in. Spurge control, Celsius image combo makes it grow bigger. MSM in Northwest Florida. Um, Celsius image combo uh, hmm. Uh, you could throw some uh, Speed Zone Southern in there. That would do good. Um, yeah. There it goes. Ray. Ray says MSM and Quicksilver. That's a good one. That would work. <clears throat> Just finished my irrigation system. I'm pushing my Bermuda to fill in the trench spots. There you go, Douglas. If you want to do that, yeah, man. Apply, you know, about a pound of in. For each application and mo 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 Jason G, it would look like this with cool season mix and carbon X. You want to apply it in the spring and in the fall. You want to keep it off of it during the summer. Um, do you have any of that old turf label velocity left over and available for sale? Uh, Kevin, I do, but I do not have any for sale. I've got a very negligible amount of it, and I will tell you, it does not work like you would want it to work. Uh, Bisprax sodium is, does okay, but it's not great. So, there you go. Um, I don't think you you would not be happy with what it cost. Um, you know, you're at, at, a, at a pound of it was like eight hundred, nine hundred, or a thousand dollars or something, and you know, use rates are like you know, three, four ounces, a thousand or something. If I'm remembering correctly, I, I, I don't know. It's been a minute since I've applied it. Uh, but I would not feel comfortable selling it to you, Kevin, because I just, I don't think that you're going to get the results you expect. What promotes root growth in turf type tall fescue? Renovated last fall and roots are only about two inches. I feel they need to get deeper to survive the brutal summers in Northern California. I agree, Joe Castello. Um, to promote root growth in turf type tall fescue, typically the easiest way to do that is to manipulate it through uh, water. Um, so you would do long periods of watering and then let it go and let it begin to dry out and stress out. That stress signal will tell that <coughs> the root system <coughs> to begin going deeper to find more water. <coughs> Outside of that, studies also show that 
You can increase root depth and root mass through the biostimulant effect by combining a combination of both humic acid and sea kelp. Combining the two of those has a synergistic effect that encourages root development, particularly uh, root mass and root depth. <coughs> Hope that helps. <clears throat> also, you know, apply to treat any of the deficiencies in your <clears throat> in your uh, soul test. <laughs> uh, so sorry, someone was blowing on my phone because I'm running over for a power rank. They were coming to fix it. There you go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, velocity, it, it dinged it. And I just, I, would, I don't know. I just didn't think a whole lot of it. Matt, directions read one and a half to three ounces per thousand with a generous amount of water. How much would a generous amount of water look like? Uh, I have no idea. That is a very vague um, answer that I don't think deserves a, a much more thought than that. Um with a generous amount of water, I would say minimum of two gallons. How about that? Two gallons per thousand? That sounds about right. Uh, yes, little baby Kenny, you're good to go on that. As for a friend again, any thought regarding Connor's attire in his co-branded video of Connor and Ryan? Uh, Jeremy had no issues with that. I thought he looked fantastic. He sounded great. Um, and I support uh, Connor and what he is designing, deciding to wear. You know, I mean... It, it, uh, don't Lindsay with flamingos. <laughs> Connor, Connor gets it done. He just gets it done. When you remove Poetrivialis by rake, do you believe it reads, leaves roots to regrow? Yes, Roger, uh, Rogerio, it does. And I'll tell you why. It is a perennial. It is a perennial. So it will continue to come back year over year. And... The root system is going to be the driving factor of that. So if it can survive dormancy, and it is rhizomatic too, so it's rhizomatous, it does spread. And if it can go dormant and then return out of dormancy, then yes, all it requires is a little bit of a root system left over behind for it to green back up into full-fledged grass. My brother is pre-thick thatch, dethatched liquid or power rake. Either or, Jason G, either or. It depends on how much work you want to put into it. Oh, Alan Hayne is here. Alan Hayne is here. Yeah, he was. Uh, Army football, we had a ton of rain in the Northeast over weeks. How much would that affect prodiamine and pre-emerge barriers? Here's the thing, Army, it does. It actually does have an effect. How much it does, that's going to be really difficult to quantify. Um, trying to put a number on them would really be next to impossible because um, there's not a whole lot of just repeatable data that shows exactly how much water is required to begin neutralizing or leaching or pushing your pre-emergent barrier too deep. Um, so I don't know what the exact answer is. Um, but it does have an effect and whether that means it will have an effect to the point of, um, causing issues with breakthrough, I don't know. Um, I've never, I've, I've had very, very, very wet springs before, um, with no real issue of breakthrough. But if we had wet winters after a fall application to prevent a uh, POA annua, I have seen that just absolutely wreak havoc on pre-emergent barriers as back in the 
when prodiamine used to work somewhat on prodiamine. Um, here we go. Mr. Green says, "Wait, are you rooting for Danny or John on Game of Thrones?" I don't know, man. I'm 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 still on the season behind, and I've been reading all the spoilers, but <clears throat> I'm I'm going for Arya. Uh, you got to right. <laughs> Does Connor feedy pajamas with flamingos on them? <laughs> What's the difference between a Mazaquin, a Mazapir, and a Mazapic? Uh, there's a lot, but pop music, what they do have in common is the imidazolinone chain. And that imidazolinone chain is what is the main driver in those different formulations. So whether it's a quin, a peer, or a pick, that is what the driver is. There's also an amazosulfuron, which would be a sulfonylurea. <clears throat> and... Again, it's that imidazolinone chain that gives it its spectrum of control. Um, so that would tell you the types of weeds that it affects, kinda, and then the rest of it would tell you how long or how it would actually work by attacking those weeds. So sites of action, modes of action type deal. And also uh, the length of time it would live in the soil. So lots of differences there between those three. They do three extremely different things. Um, two-parter. First, I just scalped my common Bermuda in order to go lower, one inch to half inch. Anything I should do or apply after scalp? Second, what did you apply after scalping your head? <laughs> that is the comment of the night right there. Uh, okay, so anything you should or do apply after the scalp, water it. Um, if you want to apply a little bit of nitrogen, you can, but you don't have to get out there and hammer it. Uh, and after I scout my head, I did not apply anything. A comb. I applied a comb to it. Help on killing gallium aparine, sticky willy. I have 50% glyphosate and spreader sticker rates. I do not know. Not familiar with gallium aparine. Let's see here. I'm going to throw that into the Google real quick. And let's see what this actually looks like or something that I would consider it comparable to. Um, you can always go 10% by volume. Ah, okay, okay. I know exactly what this is. Uh, we call this uh, bed straw around here. Um, yeah, you can do that, but you do not need um, that much... You do not need Roundup to do that. You can spray it with three-way or triclopyr or fluoroxapyr, and you will be good to go. In my opinion, uh, Roundup would just be way overkill for that, <clears throat> unless you're spraying it in like bare ground. But if you're spraying glyphosate, you know you can spray, you know, two, three, four ounces per thousand, something like that. Uh, there you go. <coughs> that. Uh, Santiago Rivas, how are you? Good, sir. Wonder if I can spray T-Zone mixed with some 1801 Green Punch. Yeah, you can. Um, just be aware that blanket spraying T-Zone is typically going to ding up your grass pretty good. Um, so just be careful there. Um, and don't get nervous when you do ding it up. Like, you know, you, for instance, Lushy here, uh, gave me a complete and total, uh, nervous breakdown because uh, he got a little bit of tip burn on his grass and you will probably get some tip tip burn out of that. I'm just kidding, Lushy. I'm just kidding. Uh, 
you might get a little tip burn out of it, but uh, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll definitely be fine. Connor just needed church shoes and black church socks up to his knees. <laughs> so with that being said, is it better to do a split app 45 days or so later? Um, yeah, it could be. Um, you know, typically I would do split apps either 30, 45. Sometimes that would stretch into 60 days apart. And I never had problems with, with breakthrough. Um, let's see here. <laughs> Are you going to come back to Iowa and mow Ryan's yard? John, I might need to do that. Uh, Ned Gallick, I don't know what happened at 739. Um, at minute minute 7 and 39 seconds, I do not know. <coughs> if you ask a question, I missed it. I apologize. Feel free to ask again. <clears throat> I have some consistent wet spots in my lawn that doesn't dry up and had a lot of nut sedge breakthrough, but nowhere else in the lawn. Is this a coincidence, or does nut sedge prefer, prefer very wet soil? Douglas, that's right. It does prefer very wet soil. Um, and in fact, like in rain gardens, carrot species are often planted uh, because they just tolerate the wetness of it well. Um, so, yeah, there you go. It does. It is not a coincidence. Nutsedge does prefer very wet soil. Got the glyphosate cheat. Yep, there you go. You'll be good to go. Um, I was going to ask if it was an issue on college. I do not know what that is. I don't know what you're saying, John. I missed it, John. I missed the previous question there. <clears throat> Had a lot of... <laughs> I just read Alan's comment. That is funny. All right, man. Wow, look at this. Twice I have caught up to the end of the chat in one show. This is so bizarre. i tell you what I'm going to go ahead and do here, though. Lushay was my shoulder to cry. I had to give a... <laughs> Back to breathe. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do. If anybody is ever looking, I'll tell you right here where we are. I'm usually hiding out in Stonehenge, but you can find me at thelawndiscord.com. Thelawndiscord.com. If you hop in there, we have a little Discord where we have fun. It's a ton of fun. And, uh, and when I'm not... Uh, doing something excessive, then I'm usually hiding out in the lawndiscord.com. Post the link there. You can also email me at thegrassfactor at gmail.com. Uh, I will warn you that for whatever reason, the volume of emails I've been getting right now has been overwhelming. I'm getting somewhere around like 120 a day on it. So if I haven't repl replied to your email, I will get there, uh, but it's going to take me a little bit of time. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Instagram at the grass factor. You can also find me on the lawn forum. I do not comment a lot on the lawn forum. I lurk in the background and, uh, in, show up when necessary. I will say this, that, uh, the whole reason I'm not very active on the lawn forum is because I don't need to be active in the lawn forum. Those guys actually take things to a whole new level. Um, the lawn discord, oh, it's probably not coming up as a, uh, not a secure site. It's actually not a site. It's going to take you to... Hang on. Let's see what's ha what happens when I do this. It should take you to here. Here's where you would go to sign up for the Discord. <clears throat> so it should just be a pass-through to that. Um, and, uh, and, and, of course, yeah. So, as I was saying, the Lawn Forum, you know, there's so much that goes on there that is just so next level. And I recommend, if anybody's looking for a starting point 
start at the lawn forum. Get engaged, start a lawn journal, and, uh, and, and document and learn along the way. Um, there's all kinds of super deep scientific uh, talks that go on over there, so um, you, should, uh, you should definitely go check that out. Uh, we have a good time with all of it. And let's see here. Pros and cons of using blackstrap molasses. Oh, wait. My crabgrass has not left my yard after treating it for the last two years of prodiamine. Brothers for Life, what rate did you use? Are you sure it's actually crabgrass? Could it be Dallas grass? Could it be Johnson grass? Could it be smut grass? Could it be um, carpet grass? Could it be Bahia? Um, there's lots of different things that exist other than crabgrass. So if you continue to apply it for two years and you're still dealing with crabgrass, you're either spraying it wrong, using the wrong rate, um, or that's not actually crabgrass. So, uh, there you go. Pros and cons of using blackstrap molasses. Blackstrap molasses is a good thing to use. However, use it sparingly. And I will tell you why. You want to use it sparingly because it is a simple sugar and it will, uh, after a certain rate, will begin to have detrimental effects because the microbial action will just go just super haywire. But it does have other nutrients in it too, like sulfur and, um, who was it? John Perry told me it had um, uh, calcium in blackstrap molasses, so good calcium source. But yeah, typically one pint per acre is about all you want. One pint per acre. Since you caught up to the end twice, does everyone from the Discord win a prize? Maybe a story time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in. Uh, I'm. I'm still. I'm. St I'll have to. It, those. Those have to happen organically, John. I can't just predict story time in the in the Discord. Put down Air Eight D Thatch eighteen oh one last week. Looked at core samples. Matted thatch mulch. I think I still need to manually dethatch, yes or no? It's totally up to you, Ned. I honestly do not know. I haven't seen your core sample, so it would be hard for me to be able to say yes or no. <clears throat> Matt using the vanity URL. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <clears throat> hang on, I will approve this message here, Army Football. Uh, sharp blades conserve fuel. There you go. <clears throat> sharp blades use 33% uh more water than a dull blade would cutting with a dull blade in the dead dry summer worth it uh no water usage decrease with dull blades this is contrary to some i tell you what i would do is just when it's dead heat of summer just don't mow it um you know let it get to four six eight inches and and you know run with it um and then when you do get rain, then you know dial it up and be able to do it. I have been a long-term lurker at the lawn forum, and I have a good time hanging out over there. It's a it's a it's a good time. Is mycorrhizae fungi seen at about the six to ten inches below ground at tree stumps? It could be, yeah. It's mainly just around. Wait, at tree stumps, like after a tree's been cut down, uh-uh. You're gonna see it. I tell you, I tell you, probably the best way to go see it would be to um, go. Go get some endomycorrhizae, um, loosen up a layer of your soil, put some seed down, and, uh, and, and put down your endomycorrhizae and work it into the soil with your seed. And then as it germinates and they are starting to get up to, you know, a couple, two, three inches, something like that, dig it out and then break it open and look at it. And you should see the white uh, mycelium in there, the, the fungi doing its thing. Uh, the Discord is an IT forum. I will warn you that. 
There are lots of IT guys in there. Um, I'm getting books from the U of M uh, for the applicator test. Would you have any tips? I'm aiming for being able to supply to apply on residential commercial lawns. Santiago, pay attention. Whatever books they recommend for the applicator test, pay attention to those. Bahia, Bahia, Bahia. Um, pay attention to those because typically they pull it direct from the books they recommend. So that's really all I have to say about that. Um, how do you manage your tall fescue in the summer, Matt? I, I don't, the lawn fix. I don't. I don't mow it. Um, I do not water it. Um, I just I just leave it alone. And, uh, and it tends to hold color. Actually, you know, Pete was one of the ones that told me, he said, listen, just don't cut it in the summer. Just let it, let it go tall. It ain't going to hurt nothing. And he's right. It, it just, it went tall and, uh, and it kept color really well. And it took a whole heck of a lot for it to, for drought stress to really bring it down. So I don't, um, if I apply anything, it would be like a fungicide or, um, uh, yeah, that's really about it. I just, I, I leave it alone. I deny it. I neglect it. Do you spray on windy days? If so, how do you prepare for it? Um, it depends on what you consider a windy day breeze. So there are some, uh, wind restrictions based on the herbicide you're using. A lot of times that's going to be, uh, left interpreted up to the individual applicator. I will say this, you will never see me out in a 20 mile an hour wind trying to apply. And it's not that necessarily I'm, I'm, um, uh, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. And that's why, and that's totally my judgment call. Um, and, and so that's why I don't do it. But you know, if you're talking about like five, six, seven, eight mile an hour winds, then yeah, I've got no problem applying that because you know, they'll teach you, you know, how do you decrease drift? It's well, you increase your droplet size. How do you increase droplet size? You lower pressure, you lower your pressure. And, uh, so yeah, there you go. Lower your pressure, walk slower, all those things, calibrate. Uh, change your nozzle, all that fun stuff. But do not increase your, your pressure uh, to combat the wind. Lower your pressure. Um, I am sick, and I, I usually don't have allergies, so I'm, I'm not going to say this is allergies. It's just more of a sinus infection. My son got it first, and then I got it right after he did. Um, Matt, what would you say is the maximum amount of nitrogen for the season for turf type tall fescue? Uh, that's a loaded question. I, I'm not big into maximums or minimums or any of that fun stuff. Um, I feed it until it seems like it has plenty of food. And then, you know, if it looks like it's beginning to decline, then I'll feed it again. Um, so I don't really pay attention to maximums or minimums or anything like that, but um, three to four pounds, somewhere in there is usually going to be sufficient, depending on what it is you're trying to do. Um, now you do, if you are in the discord, it's just interesting. I have this theory that everybody in the lawn discord is a, uh, is an IT guy. I would say 50% of everybody in the discord works in IT. And it's just, it was interesting to me early on about how many people, um, work in IT that are also uh, prosumer lawn guys. And it's just, it's absolutely amazing. And I had somebody actually in Florida tell me uh, when I was doing the, the meetup with Alan out there, one of the, the guys said, yeah, you know, I problem solve all day long um, indoors and my lawn is my opportunity to problem solve outdoors. And, uh, and so that's why they just get so into it. And I, I mean, I, I totally get it because 
it, it, it makes sense. And I like to problem solve too. And I, I'd say that's likely what it is. All right. Well, y'all, it is nine o'clock. That means Game of Thrones is coming on. I'm not going to go watch it, but I do want to tell everybody thank you uh, for tuning in. Can you elaborate more on iron release from soil after applying AMS fertilizer and why the turf gets a dark, darker color? Um, yeah, there it goes, Ray. There you go. Yeah, ammonium sulfate is acidifying, and uh, iron is going to be <clears throat> soluble in low pH solutions. Even if it exists in the soil in an oxide form, the chances for that to solubilize happen um, at in, in low pH solutions. So ammonium sulfate is going to drop the pH to 5.5 in solution, which can allow for uh, release or uptake of that iron because it is able to solubilize. <clears throat> and therefore, the plant can take it up. So anyway, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Everybody enjoy Game of Thrones if that's what you're going to do. And we will be back next week. Same place, same everything. And uh, and if I if you missed it before, come hang out with us in the, uh, in the Discord. All right, everybody, I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good one. Take it easy.